right, everybody, welcome to episode 125 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I am with the co-host with the most, Drew at DR underscore PRA. Drew, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. We are uh, a little over halfway cross country right now. You can see I'm in a, in a hotel room, so forgive me if my audio and or video pause momentarily, but... Uh, just got out to Mount Rushmore this afternoon. Got to see, got to see the artwork on the mountain, and it's been pretty cool. So, uh, it's good to be here with you guys, though. Oh, man, it's it's good to be here, and uh, I am excited about this one. Uh, these are two of not my favorite analysts, my favorite people that do this thing. We got J Mike at J Mike Check. And Zach Reed at Tacit Assassin 13. Fellas, how are you guys doing? I, I'm doing great. I don't want to speak for J Mike. I'm doing great tonight. Uh it's it's good to be back here with you, Josh. It's it's good to be on the show. It's it's fun to be talking rookie still. And and so it's I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to chop it up. Zach is 100 percent speaking for me. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm in the same place. I'm not tired of the the rookie talk. Uh, I am excited to be able to finally reap what we've sown uh, and be able to, to to get a nice harvest here this rookie season. And uh, we're, we're on the doorstep, so I'm, I'm thrilled about it. And thank you guys for having us. Super uh, humbled to be here. Uh, it's, so it's our pleasure. And uh, when I started this thing, it seems like it was a million years ago, but uh, about three years ago, I, I said April's got to be draft month for us i mean that that was the first thing that really drew me to the nfl was the draft and who's picking and the strategy behind the actual nfl draft and then finally when i got into dynasty it was like wait a minute i can kind of do this too on a, a slightly smaller scale like this is a trade and take guys that you know people don't agree with me on and it, it's it's awesome i love it and i love the uh, the whole process uh, before we get started, though, why don't you tell everybody who's listening uh, who you guys are, where, what's your Twitter handle, what are you up to, what are you doing? Go for it, Zach. <laughs> so, so we are the Dynasty Dummies. You can find us over at the DFPN Network. It's the only network in town, so it's easy to find. Uh, and and I am at Tacit Assassin Thirteen. J Mike, you mentioned is at J Mike Check. And look, man, we've been doing Dynasty for a long time. Uh, it's it's we're the we're the dummies, and, and we put that right out there. And I, I I subscribe to the theory that anybody who tells you they know for sure is trying to sell you something. We're we're fully upfront. We don't know for sure, but we'll tell you what we think, and we'll tell you how we got there, which to me is more important the the how and the why is a lot more important than the what because if we if we teach you why and how you can build your own process and and that's the way to get there and that's what i that's what i love about you guys that's why i love the show because it's not just hey take player x uh because i said so or <laughs> take player x because uh, they run fast or jump high. You actually really get into it. Uh, tell us what you guys are seeing, but you always put that uh, that disclaimer in there. Hey, 
this is what we're seeing. Don't take our word as the gospel. We are not, uh, we, we don't see into the future. Um, we're just telling you what we see. And I, that's what I love about you guys, because I will say most of the time I agree with you guys, but sometimes I don't. And that's fine, because <laughs> guess what? Somebody, somebody's going to be right in that situation. Somebody's going to be wrong. And it just helps us build our process. You know, why were we wrong? What did we, what did we get wrong about this? Or, you know, especially when we're talking about later round guys, which is uh, something we're going to do in a little bit. Why did we get this right? Like, why were we on this guy when other people weren't? What did we see? And how can we incorporate that maybe to find the next James Robinson, the next, you know, guy that everyone is saying, uh, not this guy. I'm not going to take this guy. There's no reason to. It actually blows up. So uh, that's what I love about you guys. But before we get to the fun stuff, let, let's talk about this news. There was a little bit of news, um, not as much as there has been in previous <laughs> weeks, but Noah Fant gets his fifth-year option picked up, the first player out of the 2019 class to get that fifth-year option picked up. And honestly, I think if we were taking bets, I don't know if Noah Fant would have been the guy that we would have uh, put our money on, but hey, here we are. How do you feel about this for fantasy? Because I, I think... Drew and I were actually doing a an auction draft right now, and we are kind of on opposite sides of the fence <laughs> on Noah Fan. So I, I want to talk to you guys. How do you guys feel about this, and how do you guys feel about Noah Fan for Dynasty? Shrug. I mean, it's <laughs> it's no. So again, the the way I play tight end is different than a lot of people. Because I'm either going to have one of those now. It's like a big five, maybe. I mean, you got you got Pitts, uh, Kittle, Andrews, Kelsey, Waller. Like I'm going to have one of those five guys, or I am going to scatter shot uh, later round tight ends and and just play kind of a melange of figuring out who's got the better matchup, who has you know who's playing defenses that traditionally give up points to tight ends because you're looking for touchdowns after after those five guys you're really looking for touchdowns there are generally what six or seven tight ends a year who see 100 plus targets so if you're not in a tight end premium none of those guys matter if you're in a tight end premium only the guys that are seeing 100 targets matter and so beyond that you're just looking for touchdowns now fan is athletic which is something you look for in a, in a tight end. And if the if the community has cooled enough that he's not being taken in the top 15 tight ends, then great. I mean, it's the Evan Ingram corollary. Like Evan Ingram is a, is a player that people have come off. He's still a good tight end. He's not a great tight end, but you don't need great tight ends unless you're getting one of those top five. And the expectations are what's key there. The Like what what – what is the expectation that you have for Noah Fant? Because we're looking at a player now, and please someone tell me if something's changed. Sometimes I keep my eyes off Twitter for long periods of time, and I, I kind of bury my head in the sand, and I dive away for a little while. But last I checked, Noah Fant traded to Seattle Seahawks, right? Awesome that they picked up his option. That's great. Cool. We know that he's going to be around. Um they may also get this straight. This is an offense that tends to run the ball a lot. Uh, and 
There's a couple of other tight ends there that people have had hopes for over the last couple of years. One in Gerald Everett, and then one in Will Disley, who they just paid this offseason, who kind of came out of nowhere, got hurt, and flashed again uh, when he when he came back. So I, I'm someone's going to have to help me understand the the what what am, what am I getting excited about, or what are the expectations in an offense that highlights? Uh, we are all DK Metcalf, right? Shirts off. We're all DK Metcalf. Shirts off. And and Tyler Lockett, uh, and now these three tight ends. So, I mean, if they're just running three tight ends, two wide receivers all day long and empty, then okay, sweet. Maybe I can get excited. But this is not something that that I am particularly thrilled about. And it's about the expectations piece. If you're expecting Fan to blow the doors off or be some top ten option for you, um, then then I I would say that that's something to to temper expectations on possibly because I, I don't love I don't love the expectations that you're setting yourself up for. And as we're talking about uh, hashtag team shirts off, we got this one here from Short Logic, star stud. Logic. Tonight. <laughs> so, you know, as, you know, team hashtag team shirts off, you know, that's what we are. Uh, Drew, we're we're in this uh, this dynasty auction together, and we talked about Noah Fant for like a minute. And I know you're on the pro Noah Fant side and I'm on the kind of the, the Zach side. <laughs> so uh, what has you excited? I, I do want to hear your, your thought process behind this. What has got you excited? Yeah, I think the main thing is he is athletic. He's shown the athleticism when he was in Denver, got the ball in his hands in space, was able to make some big plays with it. We're in a two point premium. So I'm, I'm okay going after him there. And I think I'm kind of in the middle. We missed out on Andrews. We didn't want to go as high as the league was pushing Andrews and Kittle. Um, you know, Pitts went for more than Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, I think about uh, Deshaun. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we weren't paying up for that in this league. So then we started looking at kind of the next tier. And, you know, can we put a couple guys together? So fancy guy that I, I like for the upside. I like when, uh, you know, we're looking at some rumors where, you know, is it possible that Lockett is not there next year? Sure. Are there, is there going to be some shifting around? Um, his quarterback at this particular moment is the same one that he had in Denver. So at least you kind of know what his floor is. Right. Uh, and then the hope is that he gets somebody a little bit better. So those are a couple of things that I'm willing to gamble on to a certain point. And that's where, you know, I, I love J Mike, J Mike, the reminder of the expectations. And then what are you willing to pay for the possibility of those expectations to come true? So we, we quit at about, six percent of the budget you know we i think we capped out with thousand dollar budget so we maxed out around 58 59 and somebody else got him somebody took him for over 60 i think and and that's fine so now we're pivoting back to uh you know a guy that we both like and got her hopefully you know similar for him athletic guy we've seen him take some some short passes to the house and then we're gonna kind of backload with some younger guys like a uh, cole Komet, hopefully cheaper and a couple other guys that we like so uh, but as far as uh, Fant, yeah, I, I've liked him since he came out. Uh, I was actually, you know, I, I preferred him to Hawkinson in that class, even though I think most folks were taking Hawkinson before. So there were a lot of leagues where I was able to get Fant, you know, after the turn when people took Hawk first. And I was I was content with that um, to start. So he's still young. He's still got plenty of time. Uh, you know, there's a lot that can change in the next couple of seasons still. Uh, but for for this year, yeah, he's he's probably in. I, I think he can easily get into the top 12 based on how tight ends tend to spread themselves out. So we're, we're going heavier on some of the other positions. So I'm okay to, 
to get some guys that we like that maybe are middle of the road and have a, a, a broader range of outcomes. There you go. So, uh, so yeah, there we go. Uh, a lot more time than I thought we would spend talking about Noah Fan, but here we are. Uh, and then the ne- the next one that this one just came down today. I was actually uh, in a work meeting and almost uh, pulled one of the guys uh, in the meeting to the side and said, "Hey, did you hear about this? Uh, Derek Carr signing a three-year, one hundred and twenty-one point five million dollar extension." Um, it's funny because after uh new head coach comes to, to town, uh we we're like, man, Derek Carr might get traded. Uh, you know, the the AFC West was just bulking up. Every good player that could be signed or traded was going to the AFC West. And then uh, wait a minute. No, they're not going to trade him. Apparently, they're going to get Devontae Adams. They're going to bring him in. They're going to sign Chandler Jones on defense. So this team is saying, yeah, you guys are uh, you guys are bulking up, but so are we. We're, we're not going to just accept that we're supposed to be apparently the fourth place team, even though they were a playoff team last year. I know that's, that's hard to believe. Uh, they, they took the Bengals to the limit. Uh, they could have been the reason why the uh, the Joe Burrow story didn't happen. Um, so does does this change any any feeling that you have about Derek Carr? It doesn't change anything for me. I I like Derek Carr as that kind of uh, QB two in a super flex that probably shouldn't be your QB two, but everyone hates him so. He's going to end up being your QB to a lot. Um, and, and this doesn't really change anything. He's just going to be with Devontae Adams for three more years. So um, I like that a lot. Uh, we'll just go around. Uh, we'll start with you, Drew. Drew, what do you think about this? You like it? You don't like it? And it changes? No, I think it solidifies, uh, you know, I, I think we all liked it when Devontae chose to go to Las Vegas. You know, we felt a little bit better, a little more stable there. Um, so I think this just solidifies that they've got that connection and they should be there for the next couple of years. So I mean, everybody's healthy. So, um, doesn't, doesn't change a whole lot for me. All right, Zach, what do you think about this one? Yeah. I mean, it's, you, you couldn't have asked for anything more than Carr gave you last year. If you're a Raiders fan, if you're that organization as a fantasy football manager, yeah, he's a, he's a QB two that, that. Is is probably going to be like a mid to high end QB two that you can you can get for a song because people don't care about Derek Carr. He's one of the most disrespected quarterbacks in the league, and and I am firmly partially to blame. Like I I will slander <laughs> Derek Carr at any chance I get. Uh, I even somewhere out there is a Derek Carr parody uh, to to OMC, but Ooh. but. Yeah, but it's I mean it's it's good for fantasy. You know what you're going to get. You you know he's going to be there. You know he's going to be slinging it. You know he's got good wide receivers. He's got wide receiver 1 Hunter Renfro. He also has DeFonte Adams. He's got Darren Waller. So it's a, it's a good situation for him. It's he's going to be a, another cheap get in in super flex leagues and and he's the type of quarterback uh Carr and Cousins and that ilk are the guys that I usually end up with. So 
All right, J Mock, round us out. Listen, the the extension isn't necessarily the thing that for me that's super exciting. Uh, as as the rain starts to hit a little bit harder, as we talk about Derek Carr. Listen, I think I think it's dare I say things are looking up for Derek Carr. <laughs> uh, but so okay, he gets t- t- top flight wide receiver of the world, Craig. Top flight. So he gets so he gets Devontae Adams. Obviously, we 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 like the pieces around him. A couple of receivers, a really good tight end, running back that's uh well oft injured but also productive when he's around. Uh but but when we look at it, he he's surrounded with, and you could argue as much talent, if not more than at any point in his career. Uh and and this is this is now coming from now. He, I guess the piece of it is the transition now away from Gruden. And a lot of times when we don't have that cohesion coming into a new season, I tend to take a step back from those situations. And and I don't want to put all my eggs into to a lot of change in that sense. However, uh, Derek Carr being the steady veteran that he's been paired with a guy that he's got uh, good chemistry with, obviously, in Adams, I'm pretty excited for what Carr could be. And I'm not saying QB1 uh, or in the top 12 or anything of that nature, but uh, I do think that he's a shining option for you, obviously, at QB2. So I'm excited for Carr this season. Yeah, and I, I have to like any quarterback that can get – Zay Jones as much money as Derek Carr got Zay Jones. Come on, so, yeah. um, hey, I, I'll be I'll be a Derek Carr guy for life after that because the amount of money he he got Zay Jones was uh, was amazing. Uh, I didn't think anyone could do it, but hey, Derek Carr did. So uh, that's awesome. So, so two very smart people, two very intelligent guests. Um, we're gonna we're gonna have you guys take take a look at our. Uh, our auction. Drew and I decided to get into an auction together. This is the first time Drew and I are uh, co-managing a team together. So uh, we we wanted to see how much fun it would be. Uh, Drew, I'll let you I'll let you take it away and kind of read off our roster and let the fellas tell us uh, what they like and what they don't like about it. All right. Uh, so are, you guys are pretty familiar with the uh, safe leagues. Uh, you know, format, 12 teams, Superflex, 2.0 premium, start 10, 28, uh, 28 to 30 person roster. So, you know, we start with a thousand dollar budget. Um, we actually did something that I typically don't do, uh, which is we we sold our 23 first for 10 percent extra budget. So that was the first uh, big decision that we made. Um, typically, I, I like to hold my first, especially with this 23 class coming up. But. We're talking about uh, essentially getting ourselves another, you know, back end wide receiver one or some options like that. Uh, there were a lot of a lot of people in this auction that were trying to get those first, and the prices went up quickly. I think the first first that got purchased was for something like uh, seventy five dollars, so seven and a half percent. And then you know, within eight to twelve hours later, we were we were demanding and getting ten percent. So uh, that felt pretty good. So. Uh, to start, we pushed, we were going, we wanted to, you know, ideally an elite player at each position and then fill in with value around. So our, our first goal was uh, I'm a, I'm a Bills homer. So I was hoping to get Josh Allen and he, he pushed uh, up to or beyond 25% of the budget pretty quick. So we, we pivoted back to, you know, Herbert was our second option along with Mahomes. We ended up getting a uh, Herbert for about 24% of the budget. And then QB2 we backed in with Aaron Rodgers. 
Um, and then we, we are a, a pro Javante show, uh, if you go back into our archives. So we got Javante uh, as our RB1 right now. And then for wide receiver, we actually got surprised with uh, some people let us sneak some value through here. I think we we're able to get Deontay, DK, Devonta Smith, and Jalen Waddell uh, as our, our top four wide receivers right now. So those are the, the seven players that we've currently got rostered. And we are currently a high bidder at about 10% on Dallas Goddard. Uh, we've got Cole Komet, Chase Edmonds, uh, Marvin Jones for a couple bucks, Baker Mayfield for a couple bucks, and then Kareem Hunt for a couple bucks sitting uh, kind of waiting to time out 16 hour timer. So you got to wait overnight most of these times. And that leaves us with about $80 left 85 ish, depending on what, you know, we get pushed to on those prices. So we've got some, some rookies that we're, we're eyeing up for some RB depth and possibly some tight end depth, but that's where we are at this point. And then we'll sort out QB three, uh, you know, as it comes to us, we're hoping, I think uh, Matt Ryan's at the top of our list. He hasn't been nominated yet. So trying to find the time to sneak him in. Yes, I, I like that. That's a start that I, the especially, and I know you got excited about Javante, you got excited about Herbert, but but the way I dynasty is those young wide receivers, and I love that start. Yeah, we we were pretty shocked about the fact that everybody saw that we had Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, and Deontay with the high bid at about a little bit less than 10% on all three guys. And I thought for sure someone was going to see that and be like, we can't let this happen. So I'm like looking at the clock and I go, someone's going to redline us. Someone, it's going to happen. Someone's going to redline us. And then they all pretty, they all pretty much went off a timer at the same time. Yeah. It was within yeah. like five or 10 minutes of each other. So it was just, I just got the email. You got Jalen Waddle. Okay, cool. You got Deontay Johnson. Oh, okay, someone's definitely going to take Devonta Smith because nobody's going to, you got Devonta Smith. And I said, okay, let's, and we, we had already had DK on the roster before those three guys went off. So I was like, we caught people napping. Um, they let us have a lot of these guys for a song. I mean, yeah, we got our wide receiver room for about a third of our budget. Yeah. Wow. And those guys, I mean, we didn't, you know, we didn't have to overpay for, and everybody can have their opinion on these guys, but like a Michael Pittman or, you know, guys like that where you're like, all right, there's upside, there's hope, but we haven't seen them do it. Like we've seen all these guys do it. That's one where you go back and you look at when you bid. And mm -hmm. try to hit that same time because there may yeah. be there may be a time frame gap. I'm a, like, I, I've watched enough Bosch and Kevin Cotillo in in auctions to to know that 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 if you can strategize, even even your timing of bids, man, it makes a difference. So, and, and Drew and I have done that to a much smaller extent than those guys do because those guys are like. They're geniuses at what they do when it comes to the auction game. And Drew and I ha have done some baby steps. They're, you know, they've got, you know, doctorates in it. But, we, you know, we're taking the baby steps and we're like, oh, you know, if we can if we can put this guy up right now, you know, we, we've kind of 
figured where most of the people are time zone wise. So we're like, a lot of these people are going to be asleep for about <laughs> eight hours. We can burn half the clock just on sleep if you know. So we, we've done that to a much smaller extent than those guys do it. But yeah, we were shocked when all three of those guys went on. We're expecting to get red line that at least one of them, probably yeah. two of them. And yeah, they just, they, they curious, let us uh, yeah, curious after hearing all that, though, do you guys have any names that come to mind, jump out, whether, you know, cheap vets to to round out or maybe some rookies that, you know, we're, we're hurting it at running back right now. You know, we've got Javante that we like, but we're we're trying to find out, you know, where we can stack some depth there. Fournette is the one that, like, if, if you, because you're obviously building a contender. I mean, a, uh-huh. a cheap vet who's going to score pretty close to a running back one this year, Fournette's easy money. Yeah, Fournette uh, or, is, at, I think, five and a half percent yeah, right now right now yeah and an even cheaper option if you want to go a little further down um what arizona did with james Con- uh james connor yep um mm-hmm. hey he, he, uh, a guy who we're thinking okay he's he's in arizona for a year and then he'll go maybe get paid elsewhere no they gave chase edmund chase edmund's the boot <laughs> and they said hey, we'll, we'll keep you around james so uh, yeah. I, I think that's another guy that can definitely supplement and give you way more bang for your buck Connor's at, sitting at, at that 36 spot. right now. And then I actually had a question. We've got uh we actually have Edmonds at 26. He's currently mm-hmm. uh where one of our hybrids is. And then we've got AJ Dillon sitting there at 32. Oh, that see, I I yeah. Dylan, I didn't expect him to be uh as cheap as he is there because at least in the circles that I've been running in, a lot of people are on AJ Dillon big time. And I think that uh, if you're and I, I don't know how active the those leagues are going to be, but uh-huh. if you're like, man, if you've got the ability to to move around and trade people, like I think Dylan is somebody that I've identified as going to gain value uh, as the season progresses because I think he's going to be pretty pretty decent, and and I think you're going to see a little bit of a shift in that offense in Green Bay. So, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, I told. I told Drew because obviously we've we've made some big splashy plays and we have one more big splashy play that we might be making with Goddard. But the the guys who haven't been nominated, I said, look, that you know, that RB two might not be the sexiest, but a guy like Rashad Penny still hasn't been nominated. Uh I think we have Kareem Hunt on the board right now for two dollars. Um Rojo hasn't been nominated. And trust me, I know a lot of people are like, this is what you're going to rely on. But when our, you know, kind of our starting four at wide receiver is what it is, I don't need to break the bank for an RB2 if, you know, I can kind of fill out other parts of my roster. And way back end, JD McKissick is on all of my rosters. And I know he's not sexy at all, but. He's gonna have three or four games where he's a running back one, and you're gonna you're gonna see him coming, and it's gonna be fantastic. So yeah. that's a and and you won't have to spend yeah. anything on him. I mean, I that'll like be that a nothing. Too. Yeah, so I like that one too. Yeah, so I know, uh, I know we were Drew and I were talking, and I said, hey, look, uh, you know, it's not always gonna it's not always gonna look good after Javante, but when we're when we're starting those four wide receivers every week, we're we're going to smile at that. And the RB two is the RB two, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be smiling at the rest of our roster. So if there's, 
one thorn on our rose. That's fine. We'll we'll deal with it. We'll just avoid uh, avoid getting stuck. But uh, that that's good to hear. I like when uh, I like when smart people say that uh, things <laughs> look good with uh, teams that I, in this case, I'm helping to build. I'm not building this on my own. So, but all right, let's get to the timeline. This is what this is what we do. This is our our favorite thing to do. Get these tweets. Put them out here. Have we have smart helping us answer these questions and the first two i put one out every week hey if you got a question you want asked here are our guests what do you want to what do you want to ask so first one here is from our debt network brother rocky the trade addict at dynasty ff addict who are zach and j mike's favorite rookies any position who aren't likely to go in the first two rounds of super flex rookie drafts as of today anyway so that that we have a two parter. We'll ask that first, and then we'll ask the second part uh, afterwards. That that's going to be an interesting question, especially before the draft. Like it's so hard to predict what a dynasty rookie draft is going to look like before you get the NFL draft capital. But players that I have seen go outside of those first couple rounds that I really like, and and one name jumps off the page. It'll be interesting to see where he gets drafted, but it's Keontae Ingram. And, and and he has been kind of the 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 pet running back of the Dynasty Dummies, where we did, you know, we did the first two episodes where we did five or six running backs and five or six running backs. And then we did the catch-all show. And you didn't expect to be excited about players in the in the catch-all show. And then all of a sudden there's Keontae Ingram who you know, out of USC, you know, six foot, 215. So he's a, a big, you know, a good size back, very good in traffic, is is a crease runner, which is something that I really like. Uh, it's it's the way I have described Kareem Hunt when I was watching him. It was the way I described Jonathan Taylor, although they're they're obviously different backs, but it, it's the ability to have a small opening get small through the hole, and then all of a sudden come out the other side where the defense isn't expecting you to, to be. And, and he does that. Uh, I, I think he's got really good patience letting holes develop. He's good at utilizing angles and cuts in space. And so it's there are a lot of things that I like about uh, Keontae Ingram. Drawbacks, he's not doesn't have a lot of power. And which, even though he's a pretty good sized back, like you see him get stopped in goal line in short situations, don't love that. Uh, he sometimes lacks suddenness. So, like, he's good at cutting in space, but if he's in a phone booth, maybe not so much. It'll be interesting to me to see where he lands. He's probably not taking over a backfield, but if he lands someplace like Miami, I know they've added a whole bunch of backs or San Francisco, or Seattle, you know, someplace where, or even even in uh, Arizona where we just talked about James Conner, like someplace where there's a chance to get a little bit of run, I think he's a, a good back. And so he's he's one of the players that I'm looking at a little bit later uh, in drafts. All right, Jay, Mike, who, who's your guy outside of those first two rounds that you've been keeping an eye on? Yeah, and, and this one, uh, for whatever reason, is – I think becoming more and more popular to people just because of what he did at the combine. Uh, but Pierre Strong Jr. out of South Dakota State, he was one of the guys 
Um, I, I was super and am uh, just just high. I think I'm higher on than most had a pretty high film grade for me. And the thing that I like most about Pierre Strong is his vision through the second level routinely time and again. Uh, and this is something that we know that translates incredibly well from the collegiate level to the NFL is being able to see the pieces on the chessboard as they're moving. Right. And he's able to adjust and shift uh, incredibly well to be able to maximize what he can get at the second level. He was a player that people were curious as to how he would fare athletically. Uh, and then he goes to the combine and shows off with a, a four, three forty. I think it was a four, three, seven, 40, um, 10 foot broad jump, 36 inch vertical, 511, 202. And all of a sudden he's like, Oh, this guy kind of looks like those other guys at much bigger schools with many more resources. Uh, so if, if we're looking at a guy, and I think he's probably someone who uh, more as, as people continue to kind of get on the bandwagon as his name gets mentioned as a sleeper, quote unquote, in the class, um, it may be a case. And and we, we've done a couple of different mocks. I've done a couple of different mocks. We did one uh, Dynasty Dummies and Friends, if you will. And then we uh, did one also. Uh, with another group, the folks over at TFA and Pierre Strong went at the end of the second in that one, and he wasn't even taken in our uh, in our dummies mock, and he was one of our honorable mentions that I that I argued or that I that I mentioned. So I'm excited to be able to uh, get Pierre Strong at all places, similar to to, to Keontae Ingram. Okay, he's gonna lack the power in some instances. He is gonna be tackled uh, in some instances by that first guy at the second level. However. Uh, the things that he can do, he does them really well. Super producer. And I'm excited to be able to get Pierre Strong in any and every uh, place that I can. And I'm excited to see how NFL teams are going to view him, especially with how he's shown out in this non-point scoring season. What up, Russ? Yeah, and it's funny because uh, as Drew and I were talking about our auction strategy, we were like, all right, who are some of the, the $1 guys that we're going to want to get at the end? You know, who? We're going to have a few bucks left. We're going to need to fill a couple spots. And one of the guys that we brought up was uh, Pierre Strong. So um, I like that one. I like the Keontae Ingram one, too. And that's more not because of what I've seen, because honestly, I will admit I have not seen anything of Keontae Ingram. But people who are really smart and people who I, I trust what they do have really started to talk him up you know, lately, it actually feels like he's kind of gained steam a little bit in the last couple of weeks. And um, so that that's one that I'm hoping I have a little bit of time before uh, my rookie draft to just look at, look at a little tape, you know, talk to the analytics guys, because I, you know, I always tell people the reason why I, I don't, uh, I don't do rankings is because I'm average at watching tape. And the reason why I don't do analytics is because I'm average at spreadsheets. So I leave that to the people who are better than I. And then I just kind of, I do my own thing and then kind of, you know, talk to others. But um, those are two good knocky. When you listen to this, remember Keontae Ingram and Pierre Strong uh, have those guys. Drew and I are in a few leagues together and I have a feeling that this rookie season, we're going to have, fights over Pierre oh, it's gonna Strong. be fun it's gonna be fun so, uh, uh, brian brian robinson another one that's come up for us to see where he lands um you know some early adp has him a little bit later like 
maybe uh, back end or middle to the back end of the third, but he's definitely another guy we want to get our hands on. And in our, in our rookie market, like I took him early in the second, like he, he is my running back four five right now. Like depending on where Kyron Williams lands, uh, you know, he could end up being as high as four for me. And, and I think a lot of people are sleeping on, him because he's not sexy like he's he's just not you 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 watch him run and you're like ah okay it, it's it's fine but he does so many things uh that that i like and and has enough in the pass catching with those with those pass catching chops that i think you could end up with a running back who carries the ball between the tackles well but also could end up with 30 40 receptions and and that's a that's a real nice running back too so and, and i know you're not supposed to scout the helmet but those alabama boys usually do okay in the <laughs> so uh you know but yeah i i think brian robinson we actually talked about him a little bit last week as well he, he's he's very interesting and i think he's going to be somebody that by the time this is all said and done uh you got no shots of getting him in the third round you know unless obviously you know he ends up with like six round draft capital or something like that. That was something unexpected, you know, but uh, past that, I think that once he gets drafted to a team, I think getting him past the second is going to be a pipe dream in most, uh, most instances. So, all right, let's move it on to the next one. This was another one we got from Bobby Koch or actually, no, you know what? I'm sorry, Bobby, before we get to your question, I forgot the second part of Rocky's question. Uh, also, when is J Mike going to team up with Zach for a song parody? Th- this is what the people really <laughs> want to know. They wanted, they want Zach's music stylings with J Mike's golden voice. So, uh, when can we expect to see that? You know, just just for Rocky, <laughs> not for me or anyone, just for Rocky. Maybe so. J Mike is now a member of my home league, my home dynasty league, and we do an in person draft and we will be in the same place, probably at Kyle's house where the original dynasty dummy studio is. There are three mics there, so that like we could we might be able to do something with, with that. I, I don't know, we'll we'll, we'll effort. <laughs> Oh, Listen, we, we make no promises, all right? So, <laughs> uh, you said it was Bobby? Bobby, don't no, uh, that was the second part of Rocky's question. Rocky, Rocky, listen, man, if you if you if you get it, let it be a pleasant surprise. If you don't, hey, just keep it moving, man, keep it moving, business <laughs> as usual. Now, now, leave, leave the musical stylings to Zach, he crushes those. Now, Jay, Mike, but. This this was like actually right before the pandemic. We we had a little thing going where uh, I was going to eat some uh, <laughs> a large amount of Skyline ch- chili to get you uh, to get in a league with you. But now I'm thinking maybe I just eat that large amount of Skyline chili just to to get that musical styling. I mean, J Mike, how how much Skyline chili needs to be consumed? I'll do it. I'll do it during an episode of the timeline. So that there's video proof of it. What what do we got to do, J. Mike? What what do we have to do to get the people what they want? There's listen. I need you to understand something, Josh. One does not simply consume 
pounds of skyline chili without first having their stomach pre-treated. Okay, you can't. You, oh, this is I, something you can't just rush into and expect to come out on the other side. Okay, this is one of those things where you need to have your will in order. You need to have your assets uh, assessed and make sure that your family is good before you embark on something so dangerous. So, listen, it's a lot of it's a lot of skyline. Even a little bit when you aren't ready is is dangerous. But I'm happy to have that discussion with you to figure out what that looks like. Because, uh, like you said, if it's if it's about trying to give the people what they want, then uh, perhaps, perhaps that's something we need to be working out. And listen, may, maybe we do it on an episode of the timeline. May, maybe we uh, end up making it premium content or something. You know, <laughs> we are. You know, and and I will hype this up right now. The DAP Network is doing a a draft show uh, night one of the NFL draft. So uh, you know, maybe I maybe just while I'm I'm busting out, uh, you know, the talk about the. Uh, the who we got maybe Brees hall goes in the first round we could chat about him Traylon burks you're gonna have some real nice kenny pickett talk you're like get, get psyched for that yeah <laughs> baby hands pickett talk uh we got you know who else we malik willis talk maybe i can be just ingesting some skyline chili to to get the people what they want so We'll we'll talk about it offline, J. Mike. We'll see what we got to do. We'll have Josh that. eat a bowl every pick until a skill player is picked. Yo, I'm, I'm, I'm cheering for offensive tackles, baby. Let's, Let's go. <laughs> Edge rushers and tackles. I bet. So there could be that could only be one bowl. A, a guy could go at two, but it could get could. bad enough to where it's like eight. Eighteen. <laughs> no, nah. I I think eight is the cutoff. I think that's the the worst. I think at that point Atlanta would see wide receivers a plenty, quarterbacks a plenty, and they would help me out. But it could be seven bowls. I mean, so it could it's it could not, get back. This quick. is not total, Josh. Like this is this, this is skyline. You can't just eat seven bowls. Oh, little, little known fact, Josh. The Masters got its tagline, a tradition unlike any other, after Jim Nance. Ate his first bowl of Skyline, and he was never the same. That's where that came from. Little little known fact. No, that's total sarcasm. But seriously, it is a tradition unlike any other. So prepare this, yourself this is, now. I just want everybody listening to this to know this is what I'm willing to do to get everybody what they want. <laughs> I'm willing to put myself in mortal peril. I may not even hear the song myself, but you guys will, and that'll be enough for me. You'll be playing a song. Uh, there you go. You could you could play that song as they uh, as they're pumping my stomach and uh, and getting all the skyline back out. Uh, all right, this next one here is from Bobby Koch at Wrecked Fantasy. Uh, another two parter. Uh, who is Zach drafting in Dash? Are we are we going to give that confidential information out, Zach? Tra- so I I I'm missing this drafting in dash like what's this in in the oh dynasty awesome sauce with the homies yes so this is this is the league that that we're in with uh, with Casey Kasem she got she won the league and got to uh, got to name it so it's dynasty awesome sauce with the homies I I don't I don't usually see it abbreviated I'm gonna draft a lot of players in that uh, in that league because I have like four first round picks Ooh. or. I may go into the chat the day of the draft and say, hey, anybody who wants a first-round pick, I'll take a 23 first for them. 
and 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 part ways. So that's uh, that that's how I'm that's how I'm rolling. I can't give away the the inside information that Bobby wants yet. Uh, I, I'm sitting back a little ways. I'm sitting at like 105, 106, 107, somewhere in that range. And and uh, I just I just traded with Bobby. Bobby Bobby shouted me out on Twitter. He said I made him a, a tremendous trade offer, and I ended up getting Mac Jones from him, which I'm okay with. It's a young quarterback. My quarterbacks were uh, octogenarians; like they're we're we're talking they were up there. So uh, a couple of them had retired. One of them retired, came back. So I needed some some youth. So uh, I tell him with that 109 that I've got that I got back from him. I'm looking to get somebody, uh, you know, a, a wide receiver, something like uh, maybe David Bell, that that ilk, maybe uh, maybe Pickens, maybe Christian Watson. I don't know. I don't know. The, it, it, the day is young. So, Bobby, I hope I get a shout out. <laughs> I got you a lot of prime information there. <laughs> Players will be taken or they might become 23 picks. Wide receivers may be taken. Maybe it'll be something else. I got you a lot of information there, Bobby. So I just hope on the first part I get that. Um, but he said, jokes aside, uh, what guys are you currently targeting that aren't rookies? So we're going, we're going a little script, a little bit non-rookie talk here. Um, who are some vets, some guys that you you guys are trying to all of your teams? So for me, it's always that tier of wide receivers that are up and coming, but I still think are undervalued. So it's the J it's Jalen Waddle. It's it's that area of player. I think you're getting a little bit of a discount. Uh, Stephon Diggs is is older, but I think you're getting a little bit of that age discount discount with him. That's a player that I'm targeting. So there there are a few. I think uh, people are are fed up with DJ Moore. You know, he's you see him start to drop. He's only 25. Like he's so he's still got he's still got some some years. He's been a, a thousand yards, four touchdowns. If you get a quarterback who happens to like know where the red zone is, like that could be a thing. So so it's for me, it's always wide receivers, especially this time of year that I'm that I'm targeting if it's uh if we're not talking rookies. What about you, uh, G Mike? Yeah, I got a couple. So um, there's this guy down in Jacksonville, all-time leading rusher in the ACC. Um, I don't know. I thought he was pretty good at football. And people, for whatever reason, um, he he has the Liz Frank injury, and people all of a sudden say that he's bad at football, which I find strange. Uh, so Travis Etienne uh, out of Jacksonville. Now, again, uh, listen, I say this as a jaded Jaguars supporter, Okay. <laughs> Uh, I recognize they've made terrible decisions over and over. I recognize that they have not necessarily done the best job of uh, sustaining any sort of success that they garner. However, what they have done is they've spent a lot of money to improve the situation from last year. Is it the best situation? Is it something that's really got you excited? Not necessarily. However, it's definitely a better situation than it was last year. And there's no Urban Meyer. Uh, that's the biggest thing, which I said from the jump was anyway, I won't go down. I'm going, this is a dark place. I don't want to go there. We're having a great time on the timeline. So Travis Etienne is the first one. The next one, 
Uh, if you look at a lot of the ADPs, even in the month of April ADPs, this guy's way down the list of wide receivers, like wide receiver 40-something. Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup at wide receiver 46 is, for me, like if I can get that kind of value on Gallup and him being the number two across from CD or giving you games where he's a wide receiver one with Dak, with Kellen Moore still calling plays, and them having that ability to be explosive, bring me Michael Gallup. I know he's coming back from the injury, but uh, as long as we're not seeing anything as uh, regarding setbacks, that's someone that's incredibly attainable who has shown you that he's a really good football player in an offense that's willing to throw the ball. So uh, give me Michael Gallup uh, all day right now as well with the, the current landscape. I love I love those guys. And J. Mike, uh, Travis Etienne, I didn't know if I wanted him on my team. And then I heard that man the other day say what he said. And I was like, oh, get me that dude on all my teams, man. He – uh, a reporter just was out there, I think, maybe trying to put him on the spot a little bit. And he was just like, hey, I might have missed the best year there was to ever miss. <laughs> so I'm fine <laughs> with it. It's He's a cool. Thinker. Uh, I, I love that. Was he and really Mike, injured is my question. <laughs> the long con, Drew, is the long con. <laughs> I, have, I have said this since the season has ended. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is the first rookie in NFL history that had to be the team's starting quarterback and head coach at the same time. Um, that, that's a tough, that's a tough road to hoe, no matter who you are. Um, so I got that. And I, I like the Gallup one. Now I, I told you guys that I had a, uh, a Traylon Burks take and I'm, this is kind of the perfect time to put it in. I think at number 24, the Dallas Cowboys take Traylon Burks. I hope not. That would be so Jerry, but I hope not. Well, Jerry. That's the first thing you said is the reason why I think it's going to happen. So the, the most successful place to run CD lamb out of is the slot. Like he's great. And he ran, it was like 50 or 60% of the slot when he was in college, when he came out his first year where he was, really successful he ran out of the slot and and i have a a back and forth dm with peter howard where where i said to him i see cd lamb sliding inside and getting a whole bunch of targets and being you know in the wide receiver like 12 to 16 absolute hit that dart and then all of a sudden you start sliding him back up so let's let's not do that because you then you'd have two wide receivers who are better in the slot they're they're I ah, just don't don't do that, Jerry. Don't stop. I know you're listening, Jerry Jones. I know you're in your office right now listening to the timeline. Like, yeah, stop. Uh, Don't do it. I I got I got a direct line to Jerry. And trust me, you the first thing that came out of your mouth is the reason why it's going to happen. Now, no, I didn't say the best thing for Traylon Burks is to go number 24 to the Dallas Cowboys. I said. What's going to happen is that he goes number 24 to the Dallas Cowboys because for whatever reason, not only in our rookie rankings and rookie mock drafts has Traylon Burks been sliding, 
but it's been the same thing in actual NFL mock drafts. Apparently, Traylon Burks, you know, insulted a bunch of GMs and they were just like, nope, no, we're not going to take him anymore. There's the there's the Arkansas connection for Jerry. You know, Jerry has been, you know, has been loving that. Last time he was able to take a, a, a first rounder from Arkansas, he did it with Felix Jones. Um, I, it's going to happen. I'm not saying it's the best for Traylon. I'm not saying it's the best for the Cowboys. But that, that's what's going to happen. But a couple of guys um, for me that, I, that I've been looking at is Hunter Renfro. We've just decided that we want to throw him in the trash because Devontae Adams is there. And we I don't know why we pretend that two wide receivers can't be good on the same team unless you're on certain teams. We're like, no, that can't happen. Um, so why can't Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro both be good for fantasy is my question to all these people that want to throw them in the trash. Um, that that's my big one. That's the one that I'm trying to get on as many of my teams as possible. Drew, do you have any, any guys that you're kind of going after that you wanted on your teams? You can tell you've been talking draft for a week straight. Cause he was the number one that came to mind for me as well. <laughs> uh, another cheap kind of deep dive that I'm looking at is Dearness Johnson, getting him super cheap or as a throw in where I can, or a couple of these startups, you know, either free or dollar, you know, see what happens with that backfield, see how long Kareem Hunt sticks around. Uh, you know, he stepped up and did well for a couple of games this last year. So he's not, he's a guy I don't mind having stashed away to see, uh, you know, while everybody else is looking at the shiny new, I'll take a guy that's done it a few times. I love it. I love it. So we got some, we got some really good guys there. So now let's get to some questions I pulled from, uh, from the old timeline and see how we feel about these. Uh, this one here is from Gulu at Galliari 83. Misty Superflex, half point PPR. There is a uh, looks like a two point tight end premium. This is twelve teams. Deontay and a twenty three second versus the one hundred four and the one hundred nine. So we got Deontay and a twenty three second on one side, and then we have the one hundred four and the one hundred nine on the other side. Uh Jay, Mike, let's start with you. How do you feel about this? Which side do you like of this trade? Uh, Deontay has definitely been someone who's grown on me over time. Uh, I was not in at the beginning. Uh, I, I'll, I'll say that much. Uh, in this instance, though, I still think that I want the picks. And I think that the 104 and 109 are just offer me the ability to, I think that if I can, I could probably package those. And probably go higher than than Deontay Johnson in reference to a player that I want. Or uh, if that if I am getting the 104, <clears throat> that's going to put me in position uh, to really be uh, excited if the draft breaks in a way that makes people thirsty for whomever uh, may be going in that first round. Like we just talked about with uh, maybe waiting a while with those first round players, uh, we could see it flip on its head as well. So I think I want the picks. I want the flexibility there. And I think that I could probably package those to even go up a level from Deontay. Uh, and, I, and I do like Deontay as well, though. But give me give me the two first in this instance. All right, Zach, what, what do you think? Deontay in that second, or are we going with the 104 and 109? 
I think this is really close. I am going to stay with Deontay because I know that I have a legitimate wide receiver one, you know, right in that borderline of wide receiver one, two, which is what you're kind of hoping for with that, with that 104. To me, the 109 and the and the 23 second are are kind of a push. I mean, maybe maybe a little bit more juice on the 109 because it's got the one in front of it. People yep. like that. They like that yes. first round. Oh. But but I I see this as as really even. It would depend on my team. I I like J Mike's idea with the flexibility. If I'm going for it this year, it's it's go get Deontay and and have a wide receiver one. If my team is is you know finished mediocre, if if I um you know if if I'm middle of the pack or or later, then yeah, the flexibility, of the picks are, are are where we're headed. So that's that's kind of how I would I would play it. But vacuum, it's it's Deontay. All right, Drew. Uh, so far we are tied one one. Uh, what side do you have here, Deontay in the second? Or the 104 and the 109. I agree with J Mike here. I think you wait. I, I'm not trading any picks now unless I'm getting a significant overpay. Uh, I'm going to wait the two weeks, the 15 days, 16 days until I see what the first couple days hold. And yeah, I think if you offered me Deontay versus the 104 right now, most people would take the 104. I know Josh last year in a draft that we were in, you got Stefan Diggs for the 108 or something last year. Oh, man, straight up. I do, but- yeah, it was, so that was a that was a fun time to be alive. So knowing that you can get a, a wide receiver one plus, or maybe even a top eight wide receiver with that one hundred four when you're on the clock, and then yeah, that one hundred nine you move back and get something top of the second this year and the second next year. I, I think you have the flexibility; you can gain more value. Um, and I think this this offer is still on the table when you get to the one hundred four too. If if you want to hedge your bets and just say, you know what, I'm I want to push for this year, and if I don't get you know, if I don't get Kenneth Walker at 104 because I want him as my RB3 or something like that to try to make a push and solidify my running backs, then you can get this deal and get Deontay. And, you know, maybe he's uh, on your roster. He's your wide receiver three, but he'd be a wide receiver one on a lot of teams. All right. So it's 2 1 here. I can either tie this thing back up or, or make it a landslide for the, uh, the 104 and the 109. I'm ready for it. I'm prepared to be buried. <laughs> well, guess what? I'm here with a shovel. I ain't here to bury you, man. I'm here to dig you right back out. It's going to be Deontay and the second. I get it. You know, flexibility. Let's do some things. You know, Drew, I, I like that you brought up the trade that I made, not because it's a, one of my all-time favorite trades that I've made, but there have been a lot of times that I've been on the clock and I have expected that someone We'll make a trade for this pick, and it doesn't happen. Crickets, everybody's like, nope, you got to make this pick. And I don't want to give up Deontay with the expectation that at the 104, someone is going to give me a Stefan Diggs or even a Deontay Johnson. Because as much as we can say, hey, this will be back, this will be on the board on draft day if everything else fails. That guy sits around for two weeks and goes, Man, what was I thinking, man? Deontay? Yeah, a lot of these wide receivers have questions. All these wide receivers have questions, really. There's no stone cold lock it down. This guy's gonna be good for the next seven years, without a doubt. We have questions about all these guys. 
And maybe he goes, ah, nah, you know what? I'm going to keep my Deontay. You can find someone else to give you something. And then you're there at, there at 104. And trust me, there are going to be guys there that we've talked about that we like. Maybe, you know, it might be Garrett Wilson. It might be, you know, whoever. There's a few names. Um, I like the guy that's done it, especially in a class like this where we have a lot of question marks about a lot of guys. <clears throat> and listen, guess what? Like, Kind of like uh, Zach was saying about the one, we see a one in front of something and we like, oh, we get all excited. We're still going to get excited about seeing a 23 in front of these picks, even a second rounder. And maybe during the draft, that 23 second rounder can turn into something if we want to, you know, we want to go that route. So give me Deontay, give me the, the second rounder. I am, uh, I apologize, uh, Gulu. We didn't help you out at all. We split it. And honestly, that's the way this poll went pretty much. It was uh, 57% for the pick side, the 104 and the 109, and 43% for the Deontay in second. So even though there was a slight advantage to the, the first round picks, it wasn't, it wasn't that, you know, this is pretty much a coin flip, you know, if you offer this in, uh, in any leagues that you're in. So Gulu, I'm sorry, we couldn't give you a, uh, a majority here, but it, it's two, two, you got to decide, uh, which guys you like more. And I, I understand if I'm not a part of that team, that's fine too. Um, so we're going to hit the next one here. Uh, this is, uh, from Bobby bands at Bobby bands, NFL, uh, for fantasy, would you rather, and this is before the draft, would you rather have Brees Hall? Or Javante Williams, and even though this was a landslide of a poll, I, I wanted to to get Jay, Mike, and Zach your opinion on this. Um, you know, I've heard people say, "Hey, yeah, this time next year, we're going to be talking about Brees Hall as the running back two in all of Dynasty." Uh, are you guys on board with that? Are you guys maybe saying you pump the brakes a little bit? Or, you know, maybe you guys don't love Javante as much as I do. And I love him way more than any person should. So much love. Uh, Big love. But yeah, Drew and I, we're we're uh we're a pro Javante podcast. Uh we've been pro uh Deontay from day one. So um I'll let you I'll let you guys take it from here. Um Brees Hall or Javante pre figuring out where Brees Hall is going to go. So that's the rub right now for me is you already know where Javante is. You've seen his, you've seen his backfield. You've seen him be productive and he was my running back one last year. So it was, it was Javante and Najee Harris that, that were graded out very similarly. Uh, Brees Hall is, pretty close to that ilk like he's he is a lot better than people are giving him or i say people some people that i've heard are giving him credit for you keep hearing him mention in the same vein as david montgomery and they're looking at the laundry they're they're not looking at the player they're not right. looking at uh you know how how great hall's inside vision is how good his contact balance is how good his speed is but he doesn't you know, you, you saw him run at the combine. You're like, wow, he's real fast. He had four or five real good breakaway runs over his career, but 
he's not a home run hitter to me. He's a doubles hitter, but man, if you hit enough doubles, that is real nice. And add, add in his pass catching, I like that. I'm still taking Javante because I know where he is, but let's not short Brees Hall. Like this this poll where, where it's like 75, 25, like yeah. that's that's a little bit crazy to me. That's the dynasty seeing seeing Javante at like running back four or wherever he is. And, right. and I think you're going to see Hall get up to like running back five, six, seven anyway. Like I, I think he's that good. But you've got to have a landing spot where he can assume the mantle of a backfield, and we just don't know that yet. Yeah. What do you I, think, I think, Jay Mike? Yeah, I think that upside that people are seeing in Brees Hall um, is the fact that he, un- unlike Javante Williams, his ceiling out the gate is best pass catcher in his own backfield, right? And, and we know that that's the rocket fuel that takes good fantasy players and puts them into difference maker status, right? And so I think that if, if we had the ability to vote with weight, it wouldn't look like 75-25, right? But if we're just saying, hey, either or, like a lot of folks are ready to take the known versus the, the shiny new. But um, I think I'm with you all in that I'm, I'm on the Javante train and I – if, when I grade when I graded the two in terms of film grade, film grades, Javante had a higher grade than Brees Hall. Uh, just as Zach said, Brees Hall very good player, but I think that's the really unique piece about Brees is that if he goes to a backfield that allows him or it, he he is the best pass catcher uh, in the in the backfield, all of a sudden, you, like Zach said, you could see him ADP this summer be something that really just gets out of hand. He starts out his career before he takes a snap as a top five running back and. Like it just kind of gets it gets wonky from there. So, um, give me give me Javante, uh, but I understand what what how Brees can supercharge your 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 dynasty teams. It, it Javante though has that same upside as a pass catcher. Like people forget this because he split like in a backfield, but he had fifty something targets and over forty receptions. Like at, at splitting a backfield, like so, man. Like both of these players are like we're this is this is. This is a fun time to be a dynasty player because you've got still the old guard from 2017 and, and and 2018 where you had that real big influx of running backs. You had a couple of guys come in last year. You've got another real good running back in Brees Hall. You've got Kenneth Walker, who's a great runner, uh, to be determined pass catching because he never was used. It drives me crazy when people tell me he can catch. He probably can. I mean, he's an NFL-level athlete. Most of those guys are are athletic enough to catch the ball, but the NFL isn't necessarily creative. They're drafting you to do what you've done. But but Kenneth Walker is a tremendous runner of the football. So you've got a couple of backs in this class, and then next year, man, there are going to be some right. So like we're back at this. We're we're replenishing. It's 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 reloading. We're not rebuilding the running backs in Dynasty. We're reloading. So it's a it's a fun time to be playing. Drew, I'll that. let you take this one on your way out because I know uh, you're on vacation with the family. Yeah. You uh, you yeah. got to get out. So I'll let you take this one, and then uh, we'll say Sounds goodbye, good. my friend. Yeah, uh, I, I'm definitely still on Javante. I mean, I I've got a couple of leagues where I earned the 101. Uh, and I'm trying to get the 102 as well so that I can double dip and get my Brees Hall and Malik Willis, uh, mostly for value for Willis for the next year or so. 
so I can try to trade him for what I need. But if I don't get him with the 101, or if I don't get the package of both of them, anywhere I have the 101, I think I am still leaning toward taking Brees Hall because I, I do like him that much, even in Superflex. Um, but yeah, I, I am uh, pro Javante. Uh, and, and yeah, that's a great point, Jay, Mike. That if it was weighted, it would definitely look different. If we gave them, you know, points of how much we like them compared to the rest of the running back landscape, it would be a lot closer. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to see where his his uh, perception goes, and the landing spot will be a lot of fun to see how that polarizes. Or maybe I don't know if Twitter will come together because of that, but uh, it'll be a lot of fun to watch. So I'm excited for the next couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, just a huge thank you to you two for making this work tonight. I'm sorry I got to cut early here, but getting on the road early, we got about a 12 hour drive tomorrow to, to get out as close to Idaho as we can. So uh, I'm going to let you all go. And then uh, Josh, I'll work on getting this uploaded in the next day or two. Take your time, man. Enjoy, enjoy the time with your family. Awesome. Thank you guys. Yeah. Hey, you appreciate you, Drew, you, Drew, man. So there we go. So yeah, for me, for me, it's Javante, but that's not to say that Reese Hall is not a good player. I think that I think that's the the trap Twitter falls into sometimes. If you go, all right, is it player A or player B? Well, I like player A. Oh, you hate player B. Yeah. No, like I have to make this choice here. And these are choices that we might have to make, you know, when it comes to trade situations you know all right we have Javante on this side how much are we waiting in we have Brees Hall on this side how much are we waiting on so I, I don't I, I love Brees Hall I've said this to anyone who will listen to me Brees Hall should be the 101 any format I don't care what your format is unless you have a, like a weird crazy format that really devalues running backs um it, he should be your 101 I don't care if it's suplex one quarterback tight end premium, you know, whatever. Brees Hall should be your one-on-one. But Javante is just, he is that dude. Uh, earlier in the offseason, we uh, we had a question where someone said, um, can anyone challenge JT as the dynasty uh, RB1? in 2022 and i said honestly i think there's only one player that can do it and that player is javante williams not saying he will do it i'm saying i think he's the only player currently that can do it so um i think if you know startups start happening after um the nfl draft we know where Brees hall is going and um rookies are included in those startups I would not be shocked if people are like, yeah, he's like RB5 off the board. Yeah. And that's not playing a down of NFL football. I, I went through it the other night uh, on Peter Howard's uh, Dynasty Grind show with Peter and, and Russ Fisher, Dynasty Outhouse, and, and we got him all the way up to like running back eight just sitting there right now yeah. saying, okay, who would you, would you rather have Hall or you know player X? And you can get him all the way up to like running back eight without him ever playing it down, without even knowing where he lands. Now, if he ends up landing in, and I always use this as an example because it won't happen, but if he landed in Indianapolis oh. behind Jonathan Taylor, obviously, boom, nothing. Uh, if he lands in a in a backfield with an incumbent back who is, a, you know, a workhorse back, a, a 
McCaffrey or Najee Harris or somebody who who is a pass catching back. If he landed in New Orleans with Kamara, it it takes a little bit of that juice out of that you know top tier running back one. But you still saw somebody like Mark Ingram be really good and be a running back one, like a, a you know a six to twelve running back one in that same backfield. So yeah, I mean it's we're we're already we're here. We just haven't we haven't seen it, and so in order to make that that real decisive call, we want to see it first. And obviously, I feel like every every person on Twitter, their dream scenario for Brees Hall is um, that first round pick to Buffalo. Oh, oh, get him! I'd in. rather go to Miami, but whatever. Buffalo, you can have Buffalo if you want. <laughs> I, I just I I think people are saying that because they they don't see Devin Singletary as a thing. Yeah, uh, but the pro- the the problem with Buffalo is the running back one is the guy wearing seventeen taking the snaps. I like he's the running back one. I won't disagree with you on that <laughs> at all. I just can only, I can only tell you what Twitter tells me. I know, and uh, and that that seems to be one of the mo the more. Uh, popular spots you know people are off he goes to buffalo he's you know and and don't get me wrong i think that offense you know i think they unlock something new because i think devin singletary is is quite fine but obviously you know Brees hall would be a a massive upgrade there so it's going to be interesting i can't wait to hear his name called um if we're lucky on the dap show it happens in the first round and then we really get to uh (laughs) we really get to go after it but uh, we, we got this one here. Um, this is kind of a play on a question we had last week, but I, I want to I get, get with you guys on this and see what you think. This is uh, Andrew from Birdtown at Fake Footballs. I like that. I like that handle. Is there any chance you would draft any of Jahan Dotson, Christian Watson, George Pickens, or Jameson Williams as the first wide receiver taken in your rookie draft? if one of them ends up in Kansas city or green Bay. So Zach is nodding his head. No, Jay, Mike, what do you think? Could any of those guys be your first wide receiver off the board? If they end up in green Bay or Kansas city. I'm pretty confident that would not be the case. Definitely not. Definitely not green Bay. Like I don't, um, Kansas City. No, like being first off the board. I, I, I'm a, I again. I, I think there, and, and I've said this in other places, and on the Dummy Show. I think there are four players that you can build an offensive passing game around uh, in this class. Uh, I think Jamison Williams is one of those guys. Obviously, what he looks like after he comes back from injury remains to be seen. Um, but I don't know that I'm willing to just jump out the window for them when I when I feel really, 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 really good uh, about the, the the top two guys that I have in the class, um, being Burks and Wilson. Um, yeah, I don't like definitely not Jahan Dotson. I'm not. I will I will, I will have no Jahan Dotson, I, <laughs> and I'm and I'm okay with being wrong on that, and I'm okay with missing that boat, but. Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. And I, and uh, I know that uh, Zach will probably speak speak in reference to George Pickens here, um, but J- JMO might be the only one. But I don't. I, I wouldn't foresee that. I wouldn't foresee it taking him above the other two guys I mentioned. 
Jay, Mike, I'm I'm with you. Jamison Williams is the only person on that list that would even make me think about it. And it would be for like a second and a half. And then I would be like, oh, yeah, those those other guys on top are they're going to do it. But I want to give you guys a hot take that I don't really think is a hot take. Green Bay doesn't take a wide receiver in the first round. What? They got two picks. They traded Devontae Adams. But guess what? That's not the way they build their team. Desmond Ritter's on the board. They got to take Desmond Ritter. I think there's a better chance of that than taking a wide receiver. They haven't taken a wide receiver in the first round since 2002. And if it was the same GM that whole time and they just got a new GM this year, we go, okay, maybe it happens this year. But this this has happened through various iterations of the Green Bay Packers. It's a philosophy they have. I'm not saying that it's right or wrong, but they've been pretty successful. So obviously, you know, they know how to find guys at Devontae Adams, third round pick. You know, they know how to find guys in, you know, that day two, maybe early day three range that can, you know, play a little ball. So that's my hot take that I don't really think should be a hot take, but I think a lot of people would consider it a hot take. <laughs> I, I I like it. I They've been mocked. Like, where there's yes. smoke, there's fire. They've been mocked enough, and, and the guys who do the mocks are, are insiders for a reason. They know a little bit more than we do. So I'll be interested to see what happens with that. As far as the question, landing spot – doesn't really play very much into my equation, especially with wide receiver, because it it's so talent driven and and the the situations change so fast that I am pretty well uh, comfortable with with what I've got for you know my my uh, pre draft film grades. What will change is. If one of the wide receivers that I like falls out of the first three rounds, he he'll fall a lot uh, because be, just because of the odds of a player overcoming you know fourth through seventh round draft capital as a wide receiver, it's not great. Uh, if a player that I don't like gets high draft capital, say I have Drake London. Everyone tells me I hate Drake London. I have him at wide receiver like five six, like right in that range, and they're like, "Oh, you're way too low." If he goes in the first round, he'll still probably be five or six unless somebody above him, Red George Pickens, goes in round four or five. So, like, that's how I adjust. I'm not going to adjust based on Green Bay. I'm not going to adjust based on McCall Hardman going to Kansas City because obviously McCall Hardman is going to be the next Tyreek Hill because they paid up for him and, and they spent draft. You know, I, that no, like, let's not fall into that trap. Let's not drop AJ Brown because he went to to Tennessee. Let's let's draft based on talent. And of those players mentioned, I know I know J Mike is is a lot higher on Jamison Williams. Not that I dislike Williams because he's like right at that five six for me with London with draft capital. You know, if he goes in the first round, I could see him leapfrogging and and being a top you know five four five whatever. But that to me is a lot more important 
um, that that draft capital. And and I like I love George Pickens. I have George Pickens as my wide receiver three right now. If he goes in the first round, he's a wide receiver three with a bullet. If he ends up going in the first three rounds, he's like a wide receiver three. You know, it's it's so so you have uh, a player with all of this talent, all of this ceiling. And I, I compared him to the Basilica, you know, that cathedral ceiling. But you're still standing above the catacombs like there's you're still you know, there, there are a lot of graves. There are the crypts uh-huh. down in the bottom. And so you you got to be careful, you know, you got to be careful dreaming on these guys because, man, there's a if you're spending a top four pick in a rookie draft, that's that's some serious capital you're allocating. And you got to understand the risk. So I guess that's my long-winded way of saying, no, nah, that doesn't affect, like Kansas City, Green Bay doesn't affect me at all. Where they're taken in terms of rounds, like first three rounds, that's what we're looking for. First round is like, all right, but still, players like Henry Ruggs, first player off the board. Uh-huh. He's not a, he's not the type of player that I, I typically draft. Uh, uh, Hollywood Brown. And and I'll be the first one to admit that Hollywood Brown has been fantastic. He's been uh-huh. much better than than I ever thought. Not the type of player that I go after. So even though they got draft capital, I'm still ranking them and drafting them lower than where consensus goes. So I'm not I'm not getting that type of player. So yeah, I adjust, but not that way. Yeah, and I. Uh... You said long-winded, but you used two of my favorite. I call them defenses. The uh, the AJ Brown defense. Let let's let's not uh, bump good players down because we think they're in bad situations. And the Hakeem Butler defense. Uh, let's yeah. remember that the NFL will tell us what they feel about players by where they draft them. Um, Hakeem Butler was a guy I took at one hundred and seven in a draft in a rookie draft that happened before the NFL draft. Let's just say I, I, I kissed that pick goodbye. Uh, that, the, oh no, baby, what'd you do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, listen, man, I, I like this King Butler. Everybody else likes this King Butler. And then the NFL was like, we don't like the King Butler. And I was like, oh no, I've been lied to. So, um, but then uh, I, I'm going to also give you a virtual high five, Zach. I am much lower on Drake London than a lot of people as well. And I've caught, I've caught a lot of bullets for that. I had to buy myself a vest because the bullets came fast and furious. And I just said, Hey, listen, I, I could be wrong. I never say, listen, listen to me because I'm hundred percent right all the time. But I, I will say for Rocky actually brought this up last week. He said, uh, Josh, I know you were low on Jalen Rager before it was cool to be low on Jalen Rager. And I said, I, I just go based off of what I see, but I also tell people all the time, I am not good at watching film. I am average at watching film and I am average at analytics. And that's why I don't claim to be an expert in either because but I'm you average. Can, you, you can get there watching film though, because to me, to me, watching film is if you, some people it's an art. Like some, yes. like there are people that do it differently than I do. For me, it's not. For me, it is charting. This is what I see. This is what he did. This is the number of times that he did it. And so I have, I mean, I have in front of me right here, 
like notebooks where I just chart games and I have a plus minus chart and I can go back through and look and see what a player did. And I chart anywhere from eight to 12 to 14 games of players. And, and so I, it's not an art. I'm not doing anything special. I don't know any more than anybody else about, you know, the game or the concept or, or the, the movement that players are making or, or that sort of thing. But I see, how they succeed and 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 again i'm looking for players who do things positively multiple times over multiple games because that is what they are and and not the highlights and it's interesting you got a question in the in the chat from steve dennis that says is there a player that that you're seeing enough counter opinions that make you want to go back and watch well drake london is a guy that i've gone back and watched and I still see him, people are trying to make the excuse that he gets vertical separation. And he does. But he's great at that. He's tremendous. He's a he's a contested catch player. He's also really good post-catch if mm-hmm. you can, if you can get him inside and, and get him open on a slant, you know, like mesh concepts and, and rub routes and that sort of thing, and, and create some separation for him. But when I go back and watch, I'm still seeing the same thing i'm still seeing him use his body use his physicality uh I, i'm seeing uh Keaton slovis throw the ball up when when london is not open in the traditional sense of the word where he's got a defender in his hip pocket but slovis is still throwing it london will make an adjustment box out go up make that high point i've seen a lot of guys do that over the years, and especially recently, Nikhil Harry, Hakeem Butler, uh, uh, Arcega Whiteside, like all of these players, it's that's not how the NFL plays right now. And there are a few players that do that. Mike Evans still does that. Mike Evans is great at that. Uh, Mike Williams does that to some extent, although I will argue that he is – and T Higgins does this. Maybe it was Clemson that was teaching them, but they are so good at the back shoulder mm-hmm. plays on the sideline. And that is not something that you necessarily saw with Drake London. Drake London was more of the post up vertical separation. Mm-hmm. You're going to need a specific type of quarterback. You're going to have to have a specific type of game plan. And it's, it's not the way the NFL is trending. The NFL has started to, play with the guys who who create a lot of separation yep. uh you know lateral separations yes. you know on the field so you're a quarterback is seeing you know a yard two yards three yards of separation throwing the ball and and that is the new kind of the new NFL and a lot of those guys they're using on the outside but also sliding them into the slot you're seeing players who traditionally were outside receivers get 20, 25, 30% work in the slot because they can do both. They can create that separation in both of those areas. I think if London gets split out wide, he's going to struggle a lot unless he's got a DGAF quarterback, unless he's got somebody like Josh Allen, unless he, I mean, if he ends up in New Orleans and somehow Jameis Winston is the guy there for the next few years, great. Like I'm in, like I can see that Winston will throw the ball up and, and, and London will high point because he can do that. 
but it's it's a lot more difficult for me to see him being successful in the NFL as currently constituted. Now, if we're drafting Drake London for 10 years ago, 15 years ago, hell yeah. That's uh-huh. exactly the kind. I mean, that's the, the Des Bryant, Calvin Johnson. Yep. Like every, every team had the, the X receiver. And yep. not every team has a traditional X go up and get it guy anymore because that's not what the NFL does. I mean, and, and you see this, my theory, and it's just a theory, and I'm a dummy, you can throw it right back at me. But my theory is you started to see the proliferation of seven on seven in, in high school. You started to see the proliferation of spread offenses and, and throw the ball down the field and get, you know, get everybody spread out at wide receiver in college. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so now you're seeing that trickle up to the NFL. So I think looking in the past, to try to figure out the way the NFL is is moving is the wrong direction to be looking. No, and you you said everything that I saw, but just way better than I could ever say it. So I, I appreciate that you did it because that's my that has always been my biggest thing about Drake London is that separation. Like it, it's funny because I've actually heard a lot of people say, you know, he could be. Mike Evans, and I go, man, you are you are really putting a comp on a guy. Like that's not like it's not like hey, he's the the third wide receiver on an average team. You're talking about a guy that's been elite since he stepped on an NFL field. And I, but Mike Evans was really lucky, and I I'm, like he's incredibly, insanely talented. But he was really lucky to play with Manziel in college and Manziel would like I remember watching I I went to a Red Sox game and we're sitting at Uno Pizzeria outside of the Mm -hmm. ballpark watching uh Texas A&M and and watching Manziel and people are raving about Manziel and I'm like no like Manziel is not great but he'll throw it up and Mike Evans is incredible and then he ended up with Jameis Winston who again will throw it up and then he ended up with Tom Brady, who it doesn't matter if you're open yeah. or not. He'll hit you because he, he knows your catch radius. And, yeah. like, I watched that for years up here in New England. You're just like, I don't know how he saw that, but he's going to he's gonna hit you if, if there's yeah. any modicum of, of openness mm-hmm. there. And so, like, not to take anything away from Mike Evans because he's incredible. He's, he's a, you know, one of the best receivers, you know, from start to his career to finish that, that we've ever seen. But it's got to be a perfect storm, to, you know, for London to hit, hit that. Like he's got to have the the perfect quarterback, and and he he did with Slovis kind of in college. But even his first couple of years, I mean, he was overshadowed by Pittman. He was overshadowed by Amon Ross St. Brown. Yep. And then he kind of took off, and and so it's not like people are hearing that that Drake London shouldn't be the wide receiver one, and they're hearing you hate Drake London, and they're like. I don't, but it, it's there's a really finite number of possibilities available for him to be really successful in the NFL. I don't hate Drake London. I just got a lot more guys in front of him than I think most people do. So I hate Drake London, which is fine. I, I, I will carry that banner if that's the banner I need to carry because I know I was not popular when I when I mentioned that I did not like Jalen Rager and that 
that left me kind of alone on an island as well. And I was fine with that. You know, listen, I, I love when the people come out after I've been wrong and say, hey, you remember that time you were wrong? I'd be like, I absolutely do. And I, I love the time when I'm right, because I'm usually by myself in that moment. And, you know, there's usually not people coming out to say, hey, you were right about this one, you know. But I have that that silent self-reflection where I go, okay, I was right about that one. I'm, I'm may, maybe maybe I know a little bit about you know what I was uh, what I was talking about in this situation. But um, but yeah, I'll actually tell you a quick funny uh, Johnny Manziel story. I'm on the way out here. Uh, <clears throat> in my younger years, I used to throw a draft party. Yeah get the pizza, get the wings, get all, all the fellas over and we would sit down and we would just watch that, you know, first round of the draft. And this was the year that Johnny Manziel was coming out. Uh, Dallas was, uh, was unsure about what they were going to do at quarterback. And most of my, uh, most of my friends are, are Eagles fans. So, you know, Dallas had a, I think they were like 13 that year. I believe they were. And yeah, you got to take Johnny Manziel. And I'm sitting silently in the corner because I could see Jerry doing that. Jerry likes the flash. Jerry likes to sizzle. And Johnny Manziel was flash and sizzle. I said, oh, man. And and I'm arguing with them. No, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. And just like silently praying, please, if you hear me up there, don't, don't, don't let Dallas take Johnny Manziel. And I can't even remember the pick at this point, but it wasn't Johnny Manziel. And I was so excited. And I believe the Eagles picked like two or three picks after the Cowboys that year. So then Johnny Manziel still on the board. And I'm like, and now, now you Eagles fans are going to turn around and pick Johnny Manziel. Watch, watch this. And the, the, uh, the, the Eagles uh, front office was smart that year and they, they didn't take Johnny Manziel. So, uh, yeah, Manziel, that was that was a time to be alive, Johnny Manziel, man. I'll tell you what, man. And uh, I, I don't know what he's been doing with himself after the uh, all the football. I think he's been in every football league that has been invented since. Probably on a USFL roster. We just don't know about it. So uh, you, you got to hang on to that dream, man. You got to you got to keep it. You got to keep the flame lit. <laughs> Listen, he's probably still on that jersey in uh in Cleveland somewhere that uh it's got about 40, <laughs> 48 names on it. I guess now they can add Baker to that, even though that was kind of you know, I felt like they did Baker a little dirty there, but uh they they can put him on, on there now. And I guess Watson is the the currently the last name on that jersey. We'll see what happens there for maybe a two or three minutes to it. We'll see what happens there, but uh I wanna I wanna thank you guys for coming on. We'll wrap it up because we are about ooh, hour and thirty-five minutes into this bad boy. So uh your time is valuable, so I don't want to take too much of it. Uh I appreciate both of you guys coming on. It has been such a good time. Like I said earlier, uh not just analysts, but you're two of my favorite people in this space. So um I appreciate you guys coming on. Um just give everybody the rundown again on your way out. So if they didn't hear you at the top, they can know where to find you, uh, know where to hear, uh, hear those big brains saying smart things. <laughs> well, so we're 
Dynasty Dummies over at the DFPN Network, but it's really not about us. I know, like, I'm, I'm flattered. I like, I appreciate you, Josh, and and all of the kind words. But for for us, it's all about the other guys at the network. It's you should be following Matt Foreman, Joe at FF Trader, Joe, Russ, uh, Sal, Kevin, Steve, and Kyle. Like, it's a it's a family over there, and and. All of those guys, they're not necessarily all as active as they had been on Twitter, but they're all still lurking. They're all still around. And if you have questions about your fantasy team or just life in general, you can do a heck of a lot worse than than sidling up to one of the guys at the at the DFPN at work. Yeah, I follow all those guys. I, I'm pretty sure I even follow uh, Steve's chair, too. Um, <laughs> so, uh the all you guys over there are great um just so many I, I all your voices are great and it's always it's always good when that podcast hits the feed and you go all right let's let's fire this one up real quick so um so again i i appreciate you guys um and i appreciate uh everybody in the chat chat was awesome today man we had so many people popping in and out. I don't even want to go through names because I'll forget somebody and then be uh, be embarrassed for the fact. But um, uh, thank you, everybody. Thank you for the questions. I, I love chat questions because uh, we could do a show sheet and we can kind of maybe research our answers a little bit, have have things at the ready. But when you get that chat question, it's like, all right, let's go. Like, what <laughs> what what is this knowledge that you that you claim to have? to have none it uh it keeps me safe uh when i uh when i get something wrong so but appreciate the people in the chat uh remember if you're in the chat um hit subscribe hit the bell because it's not only us on the dat network the junkies uh they do their their live stream every week they're awesome uh every once in a while russ and rocky will uh do a trade addicts pod uh live just to give you guys a little taste of what they got going on and like i said april 28th day one of the draft we're all going to be on for a draft show it's not going to just be uh drew and i we're going to have rocky there russ said he might do it shirtless i don't know you'll have to uh you'll have to uh check in on that one and see if that happens uh, we're going to have uh, Andrew Hall, Scott Sidlow, Casey Kaysom that we spoke about earlier. Everybody's going to be on, which is good for me because I can just kind of sit in the background. I can just, you know, come up with little one-liners like I'm known to do and then just uh, let all of those big brains kind of really give you guys a lot of information, especially when these offensive uh, players start coming off the board. And then if you're doing the podcast thing, listen, we're at an hour and 38 minutes. That's a lot of time. You could be doing anything, like literally anything else. And you have decided to listen to this podcast. So I want to give you all my appreciation as well. Uh, just remember, if you somehow stumbled on us, hit subscribe. If you are a loyal subscriber, uh, don't forget to rate and review can. There's algorithms and stuff that I will never be privy to, but apparently rate and reviews help that thing out. So on that note, usually I go to someone and they say late, but I guess I'm going to have to just say uh, late myself. So late. Mm -hmm.